What's up, guys? Here we are for uh, episode 010, episode 10 of Cognizant and Cognizance, my, you know, amateur journey into my own self-exploration and improvement. Uh, we got a new month. It's the fourth day of a new month, uh, December, everybody. Welcome to the final 12th of 2018 here. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love the feeling of a new month uh, for a couple reasons. Obviously, one, it's, it's a clean slate. You know, it's a new month. This is the second working day of the month. Um, you get to reinvent, you know, your approach if it wasn't working, whether you're talking about, um, you know, you're talking about the gym, you're talking about a diet, you're talking about your process at work, or on the flip side of the coin, uh, it's a new month, you evaluate where you were the previous month, and maybe you just restart a process that worked really well for you. Keep going on the same diet, keep going on the same workout regimen, keep going on, uh, you know, the same processes, the same, uh, procedures at work um yeah and new month is also a really great marker for progress because i mentioned earlier you know we're in the last 12th of 2018 end of a new month you're one twelfth closer to the end of a year and so that's a good time to see where you're at with uh, with your goals you know see what you've accomplished on your goal list in that last 12th of the month what are you going to accomplish next? You know, what's your what's the next most achievable thing that you can actually set your mind to over the course of the next, you know, month, <laughs> the next 12th. Um, so here we are. And as you remember from the last couple of weeks, um, you know, had a couple, had a couple OK, a couple OK weeks couple not so okay weeks and I, I kind of left it up to chance whether I was gonna succeed last week you know I let the holiday kind of get away from me and this week on the other hand this is this is starting off to be a very good week so far which means it's starting off to be a very good month in general which means currently I'm in a position to close the month or close the year out on a good note uh, which is definitely an upturn from last month which kind of like get away from me, which is upsetting to even admit out loud to let an entire month get away from you. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's a slippery slope, I suppose. Letting things get down one path when you know that's not the path you need to be going down. Well, I'm happy to say that for sure today and for sure from last week up until this week, I'm definitely doing much better than I had been. Um, staying doing a better job of staying focused you know doing a better job of uh, moving myself forward not just moving my body forward on the corporeal timeline so to speak not just inching closer to you know the next day or inching closer to ultimately death which is a little morbid but nonetheless um been doing a good job of moving myself forward once again here kind of got back up on the horse decided december was not going to do or i was not going to do in december what i did in november which is a good feeling to have that resolve and i'm going to test my own resolve this month i'm going to see how much i can actually get done what i can actually do and i've been putting in work so far i know it's only literally been two working days but we have you know i've been more productive so far in these first two days um both at work and with with life listen to a couple of other podcasts 
the other day, listened to uh, my man Robert Boyles, which was a really good episode yesterday, um, on augmented and virtual reality, which is not necessarily the space that I'm in, but it's definitely interesting. Um, the work that I do is geared more towards artificial intelligence, uh, digital transformation, things like that. Uh, enterprise level software as a service. Um, those of you who don't aren't familiar with software as a service, think essentially subscriptions. Think your your Spotify subscription, your Apple Music subscription, Netflix. You're paying a price to use software that someone else developed. You don't have to maintain it. You don't have to worry about any of the updates or putting new content on there. You're just paying to use the actual software. Therefore, that software is being sold as a service would be. Instead of having somebody come to your house and perform the service of, you know, creating the content in your house, you pay for the software where you know, and the applications that that content's loaded on. Um, but anyway, don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, anybody who's familiar with what I do or um, even familiar with the artificial intelligence space, you'll you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who aren't, I encourage you to, A, hit me up. If your business isn't already investing in artificial intelligence, you're falling behind. <laughs> and... Be just read up on it. It's really interesting stuff. Um, it's you know there's there's always something new to learn about. Um, today I actually I, I learned something new about just one of my contacts that I've been reaching out to for a solid month. We've been in communications for a solid month, and this isn't ne- something necessarily actionable. It's not necessarily something that I can you know, put into conversation with other people or use it to benefit my knowledge. But I learned that the guy, this guy, Victor, that I've been working with for about a month, uh, he was one of the, he was part of one of the first artificial intelligence, like enterprise level implementations in the financial sector, which is, I mean, inconsequential to all of you. But for me, that was cool because I've been talking with this gentleman for three weeks, four weeks now, just basically trying to move the move it forward, move the deal forward. Talking about different needs and wants and what's nice to have, what do you got to have, what does it need to look like for you, things like that. And just trying to get this guy to move to the next stage. And yeah, I, I guess I didn't know this whole time. Maybe I never thought to ask. Maybe he never thought to bring it up before now. But... It was, yeah, it was kind of illuminating to realize that all the stuff that we've been talking about, he was there kind of, not necessarily at the genesis of it all, but one of the, one of the first uh, large forays into the popular business world, this guy helped make it happen. Uh, so that was cool. And... Um, Another reason this this week is good, and I think this month is going to be good. Uh, back to my my regimen here. Leftovers are all gone, so no more stuffing, no more bread, no more mashed potatoes, no more turkey, which sucks. Love turkey, great meat to eat, especially if you're watching what you eat. Um, yeah, back to just veggies, meat, good stuff like that. Good recipes. Got a fantastic, uh, fantastic cookbook that I've been using. 
all different kinds of recipes. I'm going shopping on Saturday. Gonna have uh, gonna have a pretty solid next couple weeks. Do some meal prep for at least the first week. Maybe even make it into the second week. Who knows? Don't really know if the food will keep that long, so don't want to waste it. Because uh, that would be, I mean, I'm already, you know, doing my worst, so to speak, uh, by, you know, just eating animals and all of that good jazz. Like, I got every light on in the house right now, so I'm not really being very energy conscious, but I don't like to walk around in the dark. So, it is what it is, but by the same token, I'll, uh... You know, I'll turn them all off when I go to bed. Then they'll be off. They'll be off all day tomorrow until I get home and all that good stuff. So, now that we got that out of the way, rambling about electricity. Um, expressed love for my family and friends very, I think, very well. I hung out with my brother all weekend over the weekend. Uh, we just kind of chilled. It was nice to do nothing once again. I can definitely see myself doing that more and more. I think last winter I was just, I didn't really even bother to sleep <laughs> at all or take the time to just sit down and do nothing, which is what you should do in the winter. So, worked on that. Don't have a spouse, so that's irrelevant. It's going to be for a while. Don't got no time for that shit. Um, this week I actually, this, uh, this is so very childish of me, but I don't care. Uh, this week I do have a grudge to hold and I'm holding a grudge for the foreseeable future against uh, a friend of mine who beat me in fantasy football this week. Actually about four weeks ago, he beat me by one point. Essentially he beat me by one yard. If... Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the Giants, had gotten one more receiving yard. I would have tied him, and then the tiebreaker would have gone to me based on bench player points. Any of you who aren't familiar with fantasy football, sorry. I'm talking gibberish yet again. Anyone who is, you know my pain. So he beat me by one point that week. Come around this week, I'm going to sneak into the playoffs. All I need to do is outscore or stay within six points of this guy. All I needed to do was score within six points. He could outscore me. That was fine because we'd have the same record. But he had six less points than me. Since he beat me in the head-to-head, I needed to score more points to him than him to make it in. And he beat me by one point again. I needed to stay within six. He scored seven more points than I did, one by a point. And so, if you're listening to this, Zach Lang, fuck you. (laughs) You ruined my fantasy football season. I made a huge run, won four out of my last six games to make it into the playoffs, and you ruined it for me. So, thanks a lot for nothing. Um... So not really actually a grudge, but also kind of a grudge. I think I'm gonna hold a, I'm gonna hold this against him either at least until he loses and is out of the fantasy playoffs. So super mature. Gonna go ahead and take that to my grave. If he wins the fantasy league this year, I'll be pissed off until I knock him out next year in the game, not physically. And 
last but not least here, and this this is an especially interesting question for me to ask myself this week. Am I content with my life? And now this, and the reason I say this is interesting, I, I'll, I'll go over the results of a study that was, well, it was an article written by the author of this study, or I guess the experimenter. And it was, it was, I found myself really asking this question on another, on a whole different level, on an actual deeper level. And the article was called, What Kind of Happiness Do People Value Most? This was written in uh, Harvard Business Review, which I don't have a subscription for. Next article I watch will be the last without having to pay, which, I mean, I don't know how much Harvard Business Review costs, but whatever. It was an interesting article, nonetheless. And so I found myself asking what this, asking the question on top of that, A, am I content with my life? And B, am I content with it in the short term? And am I content with it? Will I be content with it in the long term based on the actions that I'm taking in the short term? Um, what type of happiness am, or contentedness am I experiencing currently? And I guess this is going to be a long-winded answer to that. Um, to round out the 10 cents here. This will be a very long-winded answer because I want to go through the study that I actually read. Um, let me pull this article up here. So this arter, article is written by Cassie Mulgener-Holmes. It's published back on the 19th of November. So I've had it. I've had this saved for a while. I have not been able to read it recently. Sorry if you guys just heard that beep. Get in the Snapchat. Settle down there. Um, so yeah, this is article is it's a psychological study that was conducted. The article, or I suppose the examination, is written by Cassie Mulgener, Mulgan Gilner Holmes back on November nineteenth. Again, the title is "What kind of happiness do people value most?" And I found myself asking the question once again. I'll reiterate. What am I happy with currently? And what do I think I'll be happy with about my life in a year, in five years, in 10 years? And those are the two types of happiness that they go over in this study. They go over the short-term happiness versus the long-term happiness, or to put it in the terms that they use in the article, being happy in your life short-term versus being happy about your life long-term in the future when you're older looking back with nostalgia. Um, So this was a really interesting article for me because I think these are things that we probably subconsciously... um, that these are subconsciously being, I mean, you're making that distinction, you know, subconsciously you're making that distinction regardless of, you know, what you're actually assessing. You're assessing whether you're going to be happy in the short term versus you'll be happy in the long term. And I think it's, after reading this, I realized that it's definitely important to take a, take a look back and decide, or not decide necessarily, but assess why you made the decisions that you made. Um, and it's worth pointing out that um, the the distinction that's being made between happiness in versus about your life was not made by these folks in the study. It was made by, um, and I'm butchering his name. I should know exactly how to pronounce this. Uh, Daniel, I think it's Kahneman, 
who is a psychologist. Uh, he's known for study of like behavioral economics, uh, cognitive biases, things like that. One of his books is uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, anybody who's into psychology probably will have read that. Um, I'm not going to get into Daniel here, but what I will get into is back to the article where I started. Uh, and so there's a paragraph in the article where I'll just I'll read the paragraph right out. This might seem, so it's talking about happiness in your life versus happiness about your life. And this might seem like a needless delineation. After all, a time experienced as happy is often also remembered as happy. An evening spent with good friends over good food and wine will be experienced and remembered happily. Similarly, an interesting project staffed with one's favorite colleagues will be fun to work on and to look back on. But the two don't always go hand in hand, and this is where they start to separate the difference. A weekend spent relaxing in front of the TV will be experienced as very happy in the moment, especially if you're like me and you like the chance to do nothing once in a while, or even if it's just reading a book, you know? So will be experienced as happy in the moment, but that time won't be memorable and may even usher feelings of guilt in hindsight because you did nothing all day or all weekend. A day at the zoo with one's young children may involve many frustrating moments, but a singular moment of delight will make that day a happy memory. A week of late nights stuck at the office, while not exactly fun, will make one feel satisfied in hindsight if its results give you a major achievement. And... So these are fantastic observations, I think. So if, if you just really think about what would you rather do based on that? You know, would you rather sacrifice most, of, most or all of your happiness now so that you can look back on your life fondly, which is the course of going to the zoo with your kids. They're running all over the place. They're tipping shit over. They're causing a ruckus. But when you look back, you remember, oh, yeah, we saw the elephants that day. That was awesome. Little Sally loved that shit. It was amazing. So would you rather sacrifice your immediate happiness because you have to tr control your unruly kids or you have to stay late at work for six months to get your big project done so that when you're done or in the far future, you can look back and say, yeah, that was totally worth it. Or option B, would you rather experience happiness your whole life and then maybe lose out on some of those memories by the time you're old. So you, you go through life experiencing your day-to-day -day happiness, of course. That's what you want, you know. Um, that's what I think most people are typically seeking from day-to-day. Because that, I mean, that, that will ultimately result in immediate happiness. Now, and I invite anyone who's listening to this to, you know, leave a comment. Send me a voice message if you're listening on Anchor. Let me know what you think. If you're listening on some other medium where you can actually leave a physical comment, you see the post on Facebook, um, you see it on Twitter, and you give it a listen there, you want to tweet back at me, whatever the case may be, um, Twitter handle is C Incognizance, by the way. If you just look at the title, you can spell that just fine. And, but I just feel free to reply. I invite all your replies. I'd love to hear it. What type of happiness do you seek from day to day if you're being truly honest with yourself? And what type do you think will ultimately result in a happy life? Um, so, 
I know what mine are, and um, I think my results fell very well within the the study here. And now the studies that they're examining, uh, it's a, it was a series of studies published in the last few years in the Journal of Positive Psychology. So essentially what they did, they asked thousands of people between the ages of 18 and 80 what their preference was between experienced and remembers happinesses. And so essentially what they found here, the overarching point, was that it varied depending on the period of time that people were considering the happiness for. So people would rather, and these are this is just in the U.S., for instance, uh, people would rather experience happiness in the moment when considering their entire life, 79%, or an extended period that said 65%. So 79% of people, they're looking at their entire life. They would much rather experience happiness in the moment every day of their life. And they would much rather experience happiness every day for the next year when considering an extended period of time. Now, when considering the next hour or in the short term, they most people or 50% of people indicated they would be okay sacrificing the short-term happiness in order to look back on that short period of life. So actually what it was 49% said that they would be okay with happiness leaving their life for the next hour or the next two weeks if it meant that they could look back on that hour previously and say that they were happy with the results. And so I think ultimately what that showed for me anyway was it was essentially it was the ultimate it was the ultimate test of where your your true motivations lie. Are you constantly in the pursuit of pleasure, or are you willing to dedicate yourself to achieving the good life? I suppose the good life being you know the ability to live, whether you choose virtuously or not, in the eyes of someone else, that's up for debate. But in your own eyes, whether you're choosing to do what's fulfilling to you, when you, whether you're choosing to sacrifice some of those baser pleasures, some of those things that most people give into, or in this case said they would give into on a daily basis to have a fun life, the, the, the script is totally flipped when you're considering the next hour. Um, and I, that's an important consideration, I think, because I don't think I always think about, oh, well, you could give this up in the next hour and get this done. And then in two months, you're going to look back and realize, oh, I can't, I'm glad I got that done. You know, I think I might be in the 51% of people that sometimes just not okay with sacrificing that immediate happiness. You know, if it's a big project, something that I got to work on for work, or when I was in school, if it was an important, like an essay, um, I remember one of my constitutional law seminars that I went through. I mean, there were there were definitely times when I just locked myself in the library. It was terrible, but looking back on it now, I mean, my se- my final semester of school was my best ever because I got truly involved in what I was doing and I was willing to sacrifice some of the, you know, the senioritis 
or stop giving into the senioritis in order to now I look back and I actually retained that information and I truly enjoyed the work that I put in and I still have a great body of work saved on my laptop from that time Uh, so it's a good feeling to know that at least 50% of the time I was able to be I was able to justify that to myself just sacrifice this one party or just don't go out to the bar in the middle of the day just this one time and maybe go to the library and get something done that way you can actually graduate get your degree and figure your goddamn life out (laughs) Um, so I think it was another portion of the article the the uh, the Holmes article that I was talking about where they introduced a couple of interesting variables into into the actual studies that they published. Um, So some of those variables, and these were just to test, like, as they put it, the, I think they said the robustness of their survey results. And so some of the things they did were give people different definitions of remembered happiness. So define it as nostalgia or define it as looking backwards. And so they changed the definition of remembered happiness to see if there was a particular word that was provoking emotion that was causing people to skew their decision Um, they also varied the temporal location of that short-term time so one hour today versus one hour at the end of your life to see if you know there was any difference you know if you'd be more okay with enjoying the moment you know in an hour from now, would you be more okay with sacrificing that moment at 11 p.m. on December 4th, 2018 to get the benefits? Or would you be more okay with sacrificing it as you're on your deathbed? You have the last hour of your life and you sacrifice happiness there so that other people can see your life as virtuous. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. And what I thought was really interesting about this was that it didn't change. It almost didn't change whatsoever. And so when choosing over the course of their life, most people still chose to experience happiness for their life instead of being able to look back and remember it. But when choosing for an hour, whether it was toward the end of your life or an hour later today, 50% still chose remembered happiness, which I thought was really, really interesting that even given the the imminence of death, when talking about a short-term time frame of just an hour, 50% of the people in the study were okay with sacrificing that happiness completely for whatever beneficial reason. Uh, And that was shocking to me because I would not have expected that. Just personally, I'm a little bit, I try to tone down my cynicism, but I'm a little bit, uh, I mean, I think everybody can agree that Americans aren't exactly known (laughs) for for our patience and our virtuous steadfastness in the denial of pleasure. So... It was shocking to me that, that 50% of over a thousand people, which is a pretty solid sample size based on this, I suppose, 
probably about 500 of those thousand people said, yeah, I'd be okay with giving that up, whether it was at the end of your life or tomorrow. So um, that was interesting to me. And so the more that I thought about this and the more that I read this article and the more that I digested it, I reread a couple of these paragraphs a couple different times. Um, and a couple of things stuck out to me. And one of the reasons that this stuck out to me was because, well, somebody complimented me. Um, I haven't shaved in a few days and starting to get like a, I don't grow a very good beard or a very solid beard. I don't think so anyway, but, um, somebody at work today complimented me on my beard. What they said was a beard, which I don't see the beard. Anyway, that's beside the point. And so this interaction, or I suppose the juxtaposition of the two, the two complex thoughts really kind of struck a chord with me. So I was already, I'm already thinking kind of about the, the, on a micro level, what, you know, is this going to result in happiness ultimately after, you know, all said and done, when you look back, is this going to be something that you're happy about, that you made this choice for this hour to do this? Or would you have been better giving that up to achieve a greater goal? And so I realized, and this is just me, I'm not the best at taking compliments, which is something that I can be perfectly honest about, and I don't know why that is. I'm sure there's some kind of deep-seated psychological issue that has to go along with that. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I'm not a dick. I'm not going to say, fuck you if you compliment me. I'm going to thank you, but it's just, I'm not the best at receiving compliments. And so this, this was, this was the question that I came up with myself here in the face of my own consideration of the article that I just basically read out to you. Uh, Well, obviously one, and I asked this to all you listeners, do you know how to receive a compliment and do you know how to give one? Which is, this is the, that's the rhetorical bit. A rhetorical and an actual question. Love to hear your responses on the next piece. So the rhetorical piece, do you know how to receive a compliment and do you know how to give one? And the follow-up question to that, once you know your answer to that, would you rather receive only compliments and never remember receiving them? So would you rather receive only compliments every day of your life and at the end of your life look back and not be able to remember any of the compliments that someone shared with you or would you only would you rather only give compliments not receive any and remember all of the compliments that you gave to other people when you look back over a certain period of time and that i think would be I mean, if you can, you can figure out the answer to that, you can figure out the answer to just about fucking anything. And if you're being honest, if I'm being honest with myself, I have no idea because it sounds awesome to just get compliments all day. A, I'd probably learn how to accept them a little bit better. And B, Jesus, notifications all over the place. Uh, so A, I'd probably be able to 
I learned to accept them better. And B, that'd be awesome. I don't know. Yeah, it'd just be all. It'd be awesome to just have praise heaped on you all day, in the short term anyway. But then the prospect of looking back on your life as this empty, hollow. I mean, you'd just become a vessel filled with empty, hollow praise at that point. You don't remember. It'd be like nameless, faceless people, muffled compliments being just thrown at you, lobbed at your face like a tomato at some guy in the pillory. And would you rather have that or be able to remember every compliment you've ever given someone and even to take it one step further and remember their reaction and remember what that did for you and I think don't know if I could honestly say that I am at that point but I think just considering that thought or considering the possibility obviously this is completely hypothetical but just to consider the possibility that you would be able to look back at every comp and consciously recall in vivid detail every compliment that you've ever given someone the look on their face their response to it the way they reacted and visualize what that did for you know they're even if you just gave somebody like a smile for like an hour i think it would be really really crazy it would be insane to be able to memorize that on like on your deathbed you know on in your last moments your last like throes of death it would be a, a real treat and so that actually that actually fit really well with uh, the December theme in the Daily Stoic too, which it was kind of a coincidence, I suppose. But by the same token, it's always kind of a it's a it's kind of a running theme, especially during the winter that death is on our doorstep. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but depending on where you are in life. It's, it's in your front yard, at least. It might not be knocking on the door yet, but it's hanging out in the front yard. It's probably got a calendar, you know, cooler beers out there hanging out. Oh, it's not, today's not the day. Let's kick back and relax. Not coming for this jackass yet. But it's out there for all of us. Um, and that's, that's the portion, I think, to consider that it is eventually going to come for everyone. And... To be able to consider that thought without getting morbid about it is how you get to the place where you can actually consider and wholeheartedly consider something like, would you rather receive compliments and never remember or only give them and remember all of them? You you have to, I suppose, be able to look at things through that lens of this is kind of a finite existence that we're joyfully experiencing here um yeah and so the the theme for the month of december and i'm gonna stop rambling on about death in just a minute here but the theme for the month of december is meditation on mortality and it's the perfect month for it you know we're, we're headed into the dead of winter the the trees are dying the leaves are dying all the plants are dying you know things start to slow down if not literally 
perceptually, you know, figuratively, you know, most or maybe not most, but some industries literally grind to a halt. You know, the tourism industry, at least in the areas where it's wintry, slows down pretty drastically unless you have somewhere to ski, I would imagine, which we do, which is awesome. Go Bristol and all the other places. Um, but, I mean, yeah, businesses grind to a halt. People start taking vacations to warm places. They're not doing any business. You've got all these different factors that are or not factors, but winter is the factor excuse me, that's influencing all these different aspects of life, personal, professional, paraprofessional, like you have any, like you have your work retreat or whatever, you, you, winter's influencing that, where are you going to go, you know, whoever the case may be, um, it's a, it's an important piece to remember when everything starts to slow down, I, personally, in my office, just in the last like week or two, and maybe I've been guilty of it myself one or two times, but I mean, you—if you work in sales, you work in an office environment, you work on on really anything that's results driven—I feel like winter is the time when people really start to—they begin really griping about, oh, it's winter, I'm not getting anything done, nobody's around, nobody's in the office. You don't hear that in the summertime because everybody's working hard, you know. They're in the full swing of things. You're mid-year, mid-quarter, whatever the case may be in the summer. But in the winter, deadlines are getting met. People are buried in projects. They're not picking their phone up. Um, and it's what it what it comes down to is I think we're we're putting too much stock in what other people are up to. You know, we're putting too much stock in what other people are up to and what we have or what we think we deserve from them and what we want to give to them and we deserve in spite of them and uh, today's entry that uh wow this is page 360 it's pretty crazy um anyway sorry um but today's entry december 4th uh the title was you don't own that and this i'll give you a little preface to this this was a great article not i mean it's 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 kind of like a slap in the mouth it really is to to think about what's said in this article without taking offense to it personally you have to remember that you don't own that and uh, what i mean by that or anything that i mean here will be revealed in just a moment uh, the quote is from epictetus from discourses again uh course of or a uh, collection of essays letters things like that and the quote goes as such anything that can be prevented taken away or coerced is not a person's own but those things that can't be blocked are their own so like i was just saying you know you're in the professional world you're anything that can be prevented taken away or coerced is not a person's own any interactions you know that can just be boom controlled so easily by just the day of the year that it is you weren't entitled to that interaction you know you you shouldn't complain that you didn't get somebody on the phone shouldn't complain that you weren't able to get this resource because it's not yours and it was good to think about that i suppose in the face of in the face of a new month a new lens which ties in really well with the last two months really you have accepting your fate in november and um 
October was kindness, kindness and virtue, which if you're exhibiting kindness and virtue and everything, it's kind of hard to feel that sense of entitlement, you know, but also in, in the face of kindness and virtue, when it's not reciprocated, A, you got to accept that, that it wasn't meant to be. You can't give kindness with the expectation to receive it in return. You should just be giving kindness. But B, you don't, you're not entitled. You know, you don't own that other person's reaction to you. That's something that they control only. And so if they choose not to be kind to you, you can't put too much stock in that. You can't place your ownership on someone else's reaction to your, or reaction on your reaction to someone else's actions. You know, you can only own your own reaction. Um, so anyway, back to, back to the entry here. This, uh, this is what Holiday and Hanselman had to say. The conservationist Daniel O'Brien has said that he doesn't own, quote-unquote, his several thousand-acre buffalo ranch in South Dakota. He just lives there while the bank lets him make mortgage payments on it. It's a joke about the economic realities of ranching, but it also hints at the idea that land doesn't belong to one individual, that it will far outlast us and our descendants. Marcus Aurelius used to say that we don't own anything and that even our lives are held in trust. We may claw and fight to work to own things, but those things can be taken away in any second. Same goes for other things we like to think are ours, quote-unquote, but are actually precarious. Our status, our physical health, our strength, our relationships. How can these really be ours if something other than us, fate, bad luck, death, the season of the year, the day, the time of the day, you know. Um, So fate, bad luck, death, and so on can dispossess us of them without notice. So what do we own? We own just our lives and not for long, which is a really sobering thought. And oddly enough, tomorrow's entry, the fifth, is the benefits of sobering thoughts. Um, It really is a sobering thought to think that, yeah, sure, you own your life until you don't. (laughs) You own your consciousness and your existence until you don't. And so, I suppose in the, in the end, the thought that you may not always have as much access, you know, you may not have access to the, the, the pleasures that you do now. You know, you could lose your home. You could lose your job and then lose your home, then lose your car. Then you're in trouble if you've placed the value in your life on those things that can be taken away from you so easily. But what you do truly own in your life is the way that you experience life you experience your life in different ways obviously on a day-to-day hour-to-hour minute-to-minute basis even if you really got things going that way um and i I guess the the all-important question that i'll ask to you one more time is what how do you choose to experience your happiness do you experience it day to day so that you can look back fondly and realize that you experienced happiness as much as possible or do you push it off do you push happiness off in pursuit of those goals and if you do push it off what could that eventually look like for you will that ultimately lead to recognition of a happy life 
will you ultimately be able to look backwards and and say I'm glad that I sacrificed that I'm glad that I did that instead so on and so forth or will you regret it and I guess that's really the the uh, the entire point of today's episode is to think about the way you experience happiness and when eventually hopefully many 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 years from now decades half a century two centuries however long you live the hope my hope is that myself and everyone who's heard me ramble on for 45 minutes today will be able to look back and say yep i did it right and so with that i leave you all See you in another seven days, and shout out to fantasy football. I hate that shit. Really ruined me. (laughs) Uh, Good night.